0: Hey, my name's Adam and I am the West Shore Campus Pastor here at Coastline Church on beautiful Vancouver Island. Welcome to our podcast. All the content that you will find here is meant to point you to Jesus and encourage you in your journey wherever it is that you find yourself. So thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy the message. always gave me trouble, because even though she was pregnant, I made her move the table, and um, I didn't actually make her do that. She just loves the Lord so much. Thank you for this morning. What are you doing? Oh, youth. Um, uh, Middle schoolers, uh, Reed is going. His baby has been dedicated. Now he is going. So so you can join him up there, and uh, if you're a middle school student, middle school class is starting now. Perfect. Um, Before we jump into this, I will just say thank you. Thank you for, thanks for the memories, thanks for the fun, thanks for the laughs. Thank you for, for being here, um, for showing up. I was reminiscing about the fact that two years ago there was forty of us in Mike and Liz's living room praying about what could possibly be the West Shore campus. Two years later, there's 400 of us in this room. And not actually, that's not even true. We can't fit in this room because this room seats 280. There's people who are outside watching (laughs) right now as they drink their coffee and our kids are upstairs. And uh, God has done a lot of great things. And that is not because of me. That is because of Jesus, and that is because of you listening to Jesus and doing what he says. God has been working in here beyond just, um, beyond a single person. I like to call myself, I'm, I'm middle management, right? Jesus, Jesus is the head of the church. He's the pastor. He's the one. He's the shepherd. I, I'm the middle manager in the middle, and so the... We will be fine. You're fine without me. I'm just the middle manager guy. You still got Jesus, so you're laughing. Um, also, Pastor Andy and Lisa, they love you. Yeah. They, they really, really, truly do. And uh, last week, I know they announced uh, Pastor Laura and James coming out this way. And uh, when you go to leave somewhere, like, it's, it's heavy on your heart, right? I'm like, oh, man, I put my blood, sweat, and tears into this thing. The next person better not screw it up. <laughs> and, and, and so... And then when you hear when I heard that it was Pastor Laura and James, my heart was so excited. When when Shandy and I were pastoring in Edmonton, we actually we actually had Pastor Laura and James and Pastor Lucas and the the, the Coastline Crew. Come to Weka and do be part of our conference um, over in Edmonton because we loved what God was doing in them, and we wanted to hear them hear them share it. So we, we flew, we, we brought Pastor Laura out there to speak. Um, before I ever knew that I would end up working with her here at Coastline, and so you're gonna be in good hands. Pastor Laura is really excited. She's fun. She she is she is gonna do great. James is an amazing worship leader, and uh, that couple is really excited to come out here and embrace all that what god has for them and so you've been really gracious with me i I hope and pray that you would be just as gracious with them and i love on their cute little kids and and be the awesome people that i know you are and so thank you for being awesome you feeling it good and uh i want i want to share something with you I, i wrote four sermons for today Um, I was so excited. I'm not going to preach all four, um, but but I was so excited to share with you, and I just kept writing different things. And then so I was like, oh, I'm going to preach on the fear of God. And then I was like, I'm going to preach on this. I'm going to preach on that. And I ended up landing on five verses to carry you through a season of transition. Um, The scriptures, I say this all the time, and I'm sure you've heard me, and now you believe it too. This book applies to your everyday life. This book is where I've gotten every sermon idea that I have from. <laughs> it's not me. I'm not I'm not the gift to anything. Like the this book is where where all truth is. And so we can find truth in this book. Find truth in the scriptures. And I want to encourage you to keep digging into the scriptures. But I want to share five verses out of here that I've found help me in seasons of transition when I've transitioned, or when I've seen other people transition and I'm on the receiving end of somebody else going, and I'm like, come on, transition sucks, right? I, I, like it's one thing when you're the one starting the transition, but when you have to just experience it, it's a different story. And the Bible speaks to, speaks to this idea. And I wanna just share some encouragement out of here as, um, as we transition. Um, I said to Pastor Andy um, and the staff on Tuesday, I really don't believe that, it's a weird feeling because there was no part of Shandy or I we were like, you know what, like, get us out of here. The West Shore's lame. We want we want to be gone. Uh, we love it here. We we love our home. We love we love the West Shore. We love you guys. We love what God's been doing in this campus. I look forward to Sundays even though we get here so early <laughs> <laughs> and, and set everything up. Um, I don't have to set things up in my new church. We'll just rearrange our living room every Sunday before we come yeah. to church just to feel like you guys got it. And uh, but. But I don't even know where I was going with that. But it was a funny joke. And so that's that's great. Um, Let's go back to the scriptures. There we are. There we are. Let me read this for you. If you're a note taker, write this down. Ephesians 2 2, verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. If you've been a Christian for any deal of time, you know, you know this particular verse. But this verse is a, it's, I, I call it like it's a bearing setter. Like you can set the bearings for your life based off this particular verse. Having this understanding that the Bible says that we are God's masterpiece. Another translation uses the term uh, workmanship. Workmanship. Uh, when we went around, we talked about being designed in your mother's womb for such a time as this with all these little babies. And just as much as it's true for these little ones, it's true for you. It's true for me. It's true for you if this is your first Sunday and you came here for a dedication service or if you were actually here for the basketball tournament and you're in the wrong room. It's also true for you. And and, and the reality is you're God's masterpiece. That is a special kind of thought. Because when we look at our lives sometimes, we see all of our insecurities and all of our failures and all of our glitches. And, and then when we think about it, we're like, ugh, I'm so frustrated with who I am sometimes. But the way God describes you, the way the Bible describes you, is you're God's masterpiece. He couldn't be any more thrilled that you exist because he made you for such a time as this. And what I find encouraging about this verse when it comes to seasons of transition, this says the idea that we're God's masterpiece. We're, we're, we're created new in Christ Jesus. You weren't created new in Coastline Church. You weren't created new um, um, in my sermon speaking or some small group. It, it's actually Jesus who makes us new. It's, it's Jesus who, 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 who restores us it says, he created us anew so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And it's that piece that's helpful for us. This idea that God saw this moment before you or I experienced this moment. It's important for us to understand that God's plan for your life existed before you even knew that God existed. Right. It speaks to this idea that there's there's no such thing as a surprise for God. So sometimes we can be on the receiving end of a transition and say, you know, I never saw this coming, and and that that is true. But if you zoom out, God saw this moment coming long before you were ever even born. And so through seasons of transition, it's important that we grab on to God and we say, okay, Lord, what is it that you have for me in this new season? Next verse is found in Hebrews. And Emily, you talked a little bit about Hebrews today as you did your team rally. But in verse 8, there's a really important piece of Scripture that I need you to remember. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what we see in that little sentence is we see this idea that when, when circumstances change, Jesus doesn't change. And that's important. That the same Jesus that we've worshipped every Sunday, the same Jesus that we prayed to to move, to move mightily in the West Shore, is the same Jesus who's still here next Sunday morning. Right. Still the same God, and He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that gets me so excited. Because when I think of the Jesus of the Bible, and I think of the Jesus who's, who's doing all these miracles, and I think of this Jesus who, who's literally raising the dead, and giving sight to the blind, and, and helping the lame walk, like, like, like the, the Jesus who, who's turning water into wine, hello, and the Jesus who's walking across water, the Jesus who's stopping storms, that Jesus is the same then as he is now. And so when we pray, we pray to a God who can still do that kind of stuff. And that's so encouraging. Because even though things may be changing here, Jesus hasn't changed at all. And his plan for your life and for this, this church is still the same. 2 right. Corinthians. Let's look at that one. In 2 Corinthians, it says these words. In specific, I want to look at 2 Th- Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Praise Jesus. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Verse 18. So so we don't look at the troubles we see now. Rather, the posture we're supposed to take is we're supposed to fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we can see or for the things we see now will soon be gone but the things we cannot see will last forever. And as we walk through any season of transition, whether it be a, a life transition, a relationship transition, maybe you went from single to married, or you went from married to having kids, or you, your job moved you to a new city, or you changed houses, or you changed a new career, or maybe your pastor just resigned and was moving to Manitoba, like whatever, <laughs> like, like however it applies across this room. It's important that what we do is we take this posture that we evaluate the situation, not just from a, a practical perspective, but that we evaluate our situations from, a, from an eternal perspective. Like, look, what is God doing behind the scenes? What is God doing when we back up 10,000 feet? how does this, there's a very big difference between how does this situation impact my right now and how does this situation impact my eternity? And what this scripture is trying to point us to as Christians is too often what happens is we can get so hyper-focused on the here and now that we we miss the bigger picture of what God can be doing. We, 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 We forget that that God doesn't actually need any of us, which is kind of discouraging. It's like, really, can you need me a little? That'd be awesome. Yeah. Like, he doesn't need us, but he chooses to use us. And our sweet spot as Christians is when we settle our hearts before God and say, Lord, while I'm here, use me. And use me to your fullest. And allow God to speak to your, your tomorrow. Fourth one is this. First Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, it says these words. And this is an interesting one because this is very relatable for us. This one speaks to the idea there was, there was this leadership change right at the beginning of this church in Corinth. It actually says before what you have on the screen, it says these words. It says, aren't you living like people of the world? Is what Paul says. He says, when one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another one says, I follow Apollos, like, aren't you just acting like people of the world? Verse five is what I want you to hear. After all, like, like, like who is Apollos? Who is Paul? Who is Adam? Who is Laura? Right? He says, we are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. Verse six, I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it is God who made it grow. And I may have said some things that have planted seeds in your heart, but we're stepping into a new season where Pastor Laura's gonna come and water those things, those seeds, but do not be mistaken. It's Jesus who makes it grow. It's Jesus who makes it grow. And there's moments in time where where over these last two years, maybe God's done something in your heart. I want to remind you, it was Jesus who did the thing in your heart. It wasn't me. It was Jesus. And that is a beautiful thing. It keeps going. It's not important who does the planting and who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. And with this one, I want just to encourage you to be careful not to fall into the loyalty trap. And I just want to share this from my heart to you. You are not being loyal to me by saying, if has gone, I love him. Right. And whoever comes after him, more up. That, that, that doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> I I don't I don't I don't I won't be sitting in Winnipeg thinking oh I'm so glad you love me so much that you hate Laura this yeah. is great <laughs> praise Jesus that's what I wanted for high five God no like 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 loyalty to me I don't need loyalty yeah. Jesus needs your loyalty yeah. Yeah, right? right it's Jesus you 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 can bless me by, by by plugging in with Laura you can bless me by plugging in here God's got a plan. I know that I know that I know that God's leading us to Winnipeg, which means I know that I know that I know that God's got a plan for here. And as I've watched Laura, she's been on staff at GT, or Coastline, forgive me. What are you going to do, fire me? Ha <laughs> uh, um, She's been on staff at Coastline for 17 years. She gets the heartbeat of what we're doing and who we are and where we're going and, and you're, you're going to be in good hands. Yeah. And so I just wanted to share that even though it's a little awkward, um, but, but don't fall into the loyalty trap. I love you. You can love me and you can love Laura and that's okay, right? And you can think she's a better preacher than me. That's okay. If you think she's funnier than me, friends off. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. That's impossible. That's impossible. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Sometimes you gotta throw in a joke so you don't cry. That's the trick. That's how, that's how we deal with my problems. Last one, and I'll invite Ryan up one more time to tickle the ivories for us. Philippians chapter 4. And this is so rich. And if you're a note taker, I want you to write these things down. In Philippians, Chapter 4, verse 6. Again, this is a very familiar piece of scripture. But it says these words. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So if I can give you any advice today, it would be number one, do not worry. (laughs) Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. If this is your first time here this morning, this scripture verse applies. Even if we've never met, because this isn't about me. A great life principle: don't worry about anything, pray about everything. It is first nature to want to worry. I do all this. I do this all the time. I'm technically paid to be a Christian, and I still will default to worry before I pray. And when I start to worry, I need to remind myself that I—nobody wins when you worry. You feel good when you worry, like it keeps you busy, and you almost feel like you're doing something proactive because you're just like, no, no, I'm I'm thinking about what's going to happen. No, you're not. You're working and you're freaking out. It's not doing anything. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Because this God that I just mentioned knit you together in your mother's womb, and you're his stinking masterpiece, you're his workmanship. And he has been writing your story ever since you were even, before you were even created. And so we don't need to worry when seasons of transition comes. We need to pray that God will bring us peace. Tell God what you need, it says, and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So the first one is don't worry. second one is tell god what you need what do you need do you need some maybe you're feeling rocky right now like i don't know what the future's gonna hold so maybe the prayer is god i need some security i need some safety i need to know that this church isn't gonna just bring in a pastor and that pastor's gonna leave just like adam the quitter did need that. So, so you tell God what you need in this season. But the other part, you can't forget the other part. That's where the medicine is. It's That's where the healing balm comes in. Thank him for what he's done. And so we look back and we say, God, thank you. Because when I'm in seasons of worry and uncomfortability, like, and I'm just like, Ugh, I don't know what's going to happen. It's easy to assume that <laughs> everything's falling apart. That like God somehow is taking his hands off the wheel and he's like, peace out, beansprout. Well, it doesn't work like that. There's this part where we almost need to remind ourselves, remind ourselves, hey, Adam, don't worry. But, oh, hey, hey, Adam, no, no, no. But remember the things God has done? Remember that two years ago, there was 40 people, now there's 400. <laughs> remember remember when, when 12 little kids got dedicated today? Remember, when, remember all the baptisms that took place here in this church? Remember the international supper? That was like literally the best Sunday at church ever which is happening again in just a, just a few short weeks, I, I think. And so I'm not going to be here, so who knows. Um, but I'll, I'll assume it is. and so But it is coming in February, right? And you think back to the exciting things that God has done. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 God, you're faithful. You're faithful. You're faithful. So we ask, tell him what we need. I thank him for what he's done. Then it says, then you'll experience his peace. It's an equation. And, it, and that equation makes it a promise. This is what I need. Thank you that you provide. And now I have peace. Number three, verse eight. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. And I love this. It's, it, uh, there's a parallel here to this moment. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. In seasons of transition, it's easy to default into, uh, Everything sucks right now. But this speaks to this idea because the Bible knows human nature. And the Bible's like, no, 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 no. You want to experience peace? Like it's not just saying, God, give me peace. It's also something proactive we need to do where we listen to Jesus and we lean in. We say, okay, God, I'm going to try and think about things that are true as opposed to things that aren't true. Or we'll start thinking about things that are, Not admirable or not lovely. So it's just a reminder that we can lean into him and be proactive. And finally, verse nine. It says, Keep putting into practice all that you have learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Yeah. Then God, the God of peace, will be with you. Yeah. So don't worry. Tell God what you need. Fix your thoughts on what is true. And then keep putting into practice the things you've learned. I hope, actually I don't hope, I know. I know that God has moved here. And I know that God has been a part of your story. And I know that you are different now than you were a few months ago. I know that. So the challenge that we have today from the scriptures, and my encouragement for you, as we we step into this next season together, it's we need to put into practice the things we've learned. We don't just, its not just high five. We've learned a lot about the Bible. Now it's like, okay, let's go and let's go and show this world that Jesus is real. Let's go and show this world that Jesus has transformed our lives. Let's like actually practically live out this faith and, and show people that that hey. Jesus has transformed my heart from the inside out. That's that's my encouragement for you. I was gonna get you to stand, but we've done that so much today. (laughs) So I'll just close your eyes with me. And I would love to pray, pray for you. Shandy and I we're coming back in July for a visit. So it's not it's not goodbye forever. I'm I'm not paid. I won't be paid from here anymore. I'm gonna be coming, I'm gonna be coming as a commoner next time you see me. I'm a commoner, and so so we'll see you soon. It's not goodbye, it's see you soon. That's something Shady's always reminded me of. It's not goodbye, see you soon. So Jesus, together, collectively, we thank you. We thank you for the things that you've done in our lives. We thank you that you're real. We thank you for the moments. We thank you for the laughs. But God, more than anything, we thank you that you're real. We thank you, Lord, that when we need you, 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 you show up. We thank you, Lord, that you bring life when there is death. We thank you, Lord, that you bring light when there is darkness. We thank you, Lord, that you have proven yourself faithful. And when we've been without hope, God, you've shown yourself to be, to bring, be hope-filled and to transform our scenario. So, God, I pray for each and every person in this room. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would protect them. I pray that you would guard their hearts. I pray that the greatest season of ministry of West Shore would be in our future. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for the lives who have yet to hear about Jesus that we now get to impact because of your faithfulness. So, Father, I just pray over this entire assembly, God, that you would, they would leave here encouraged they would leave here knowing that they've been a part of something special. They would leave here knowing, God, you are not finished yet. So, Lord, we thank you for season one. And now we look forward to season two, the comeback. God, where you start doing things we never even thought possible. So, Father, bless them, protect them, surprise them with what it is that you want to do in and through them. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? Let's, let's worship together one final time.